0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets.
1: Welcome to Take Me Home on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Angela Marcus. Thank you for joining us. Today, we are going to be speaking with my friend, Rob Rosa, who's the Associate Vice President of Prison Programs for New Leash on Life USA. I had the opportunity to work with Rob during my time while I was at the Pennsylvania SPCA in Philadelphia, and I've rarely come across someone who is so dedicated, hardworking, and passionate about the animals in his care. I'm sure they know this, but New Leash on Life is very lucky to have him on their team. And if you haven't heard about them, New Leash on Life USA is a Pennsylvania-based nonprofit organization. It's one of the country's most unique prison dog training programs. Their program is dedicated to improving the lives of inmates and saving the lives of dogs. By pairing these two unlikely groups, they are saving the lives of at-risk shelter dogs by training prison inmates to care for them and socialize them to enhance their adoptability. Inmates attend workshops on life skills and job readiness, and many receive opportunities for paid internships in the animal care field when they are paroled. Previously unadoptable shelter dogs, many of who are facing the risk of being euthanized, now get the TLC they need and find loving forever homes. In addition, inmates who have been in and out of prison most of their adult life now have a skill they can use to gain productive employment. My favorite thing about this organization is that they believe everyone, human and canine alike, deserve a second chance. Stay tuned for our conversation and to learn all about New Leash on Life from Rob, Associate Vice President of Prison Programs. We'll be right back after a message from our sponsors.
0: Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help.
1: Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition.
0: Pick up two bottles of liquor chops, get the third bottle. Free.
1: New, improved Lico chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E.
0: And now, six extra direct-fed
1: microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Licochops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com.
0: D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome back to Take Me Home on Pet Life Radio, and a big welcome to Rob Rosa, Associate Vice President of Prison Programs for New Leash on Life USA. Thanks so much for joining us, Rob.
0: Thank you for having us, Angela. And, and as always, it's always a great pleasure to speak with you, see you in different conferences or different environments, and how we run into each other in, in the field.
1: Yeah, I know, it's always a pleasure. I always get excited to see you because, you know, we were really there was a time where you and I were really in the trenches together. We were really working side by side in, you know, Philadelphia Animals Animal Welfare Space at the Animal Care and Control Team of Philadelphia. At the time, I think it was Paca at the Pennsylvania SPCA. I mean, we've been there in the thick of it. We know what's going on behind the scenes.
0: <laughs> yeah, what an experience that was. It was a lot of lows and a lot of highs and but I have to say that it was a wonderful experience to work alongside you and and learn from you and you know and Dave all those lives that we did when we was on, out there in those trenches.
1: Yeah absolutely and you know one of the things and I think this is a perfect way to kick off our conversation is I knew you then but I didn't know much about you before you you came to the Philly shelter system so can you tell us a little bit about your history and how you got involved with New Leash on Life what was the progression there?
0: Well I always had a passion for animals. From the time that I was six and I would, you know, find stray animals in the street and take them in. You know, my parents would find kittens in my closet and dogs, random dogs just <laughs> locked in my basement that I would find out in the street. And obviously they would tell me I wasn't able to keep them. So I would rehome them. That was the compassion that I had that I was born with. But at the early age of nine, my life, you know, took a turn of events. I went left when I should have went right. And I succumbed to addiction and criminal thinking. So for a long time, I was a person living in addiction.
1: Oh, I never knew any of this about you. I mean, working with you for as long as we did, I, I did not know that. How has that affected you? You know, as you've, I mean, obviously you, you got on your feet. And you have followed your passion for animals and even to this day, and what we're going to talk about with new, the work you do with new leash. But I mean, this is just, that's
0: just incredible.
1: So how do you think that has shaped what you did when you sort of landed on your feet and how you ended up where you are today?
0: Well, you know, because how society stigmatizes people, I was told at 16 that I would be a career criminal and At 18, when I was sentenced to state prison to serve 12 years, I was told that I would never be rehabilitated. And I believed that those labels that were placed on me was who I was. And for a long time, I continued to try to live up to those labels. And in 2000, I had an opportunity while I was in state correctional institution at Greaterford to participate and volunteer in a prison dog program that trained service dogs. And it was a rescue dog, a black lab mix that was on the brink of being euthanized. And that organization rescued it and they brought it to me. And through that stray dog, I found my path to recovery. Wow, what a story. You know, one of the questions
1: I had on my list to ask you today is why the mission of New Leash on Life is so important to you, but it's crystal clear now. And especially having, do you remember the name of that organization that introduced you to the first dog that really, I mean, that changed your life?
0: Sure, yeah, the the name of that organization was Canine Partners for Life. They truly changed my life in a way because while that organization specifically focused on just training the dogs and not working with the people and providing opportunities for the people, What they recognized was the skills that I had in training dogs. You know, most of my peers were still training their first dog while I was already training my second dog and, you know, taking it way beyond just the basics. The dogs that I was training were already learning some skills, turning on lights, picking up things off the floor and retrieving things. So, you know, they recognized that and they did something that was, you know, not the norm for that organization and they found out that I was getting ready to see the parole board and they offered me an opportunity and a job that's
1: incredible and so this is sort of the the precursor of how you ended up in the animal shelter space in Philadelphia
0: yes yes and you know one of the things that my mentor and I, I mean I owe everything to her I uh, truly appreciate her Darlene Sullivan. I remember her telling me one time, you know, if you if you ever want to get into rescue, you should first work in an animal control shelter. And, and you- I always thought, like, what what did she mean by that? That was that just kind of stuck in my head, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I'm curious. What do you think she meant by that?
0: Well, I had the opportunity to learn firsthand because unfortunately I didn't stay with I Punished for life because it was a, it was just a long distance from Philadelphia and. I had been away from my family for 12 years and the traveling was, you know, just a bit overwhelming. So, and it took a lot of time away from me trying to reunify with my family. So I had an opportunity to work at the city of Philadelphia Animal Control Shelter at the time was PACA. And, and I took the opportunity because it was closer to home, started as a kennel attendant. And I truly know that, you know, the difference and what she meant by that until you are in that shelter and you experience the challenges of working in an open admission shelter and having to make those tough decisions for whatever reasons it is maybe the conditions of the animals coming in or or space you know you really truly can appreciate rescuing the animals through the rescue where you have the opportunity to say, you know, we can't take this animal in.
1: Yeah, I think this is such a great point, and and for people who are listening who might not know the difference of open admission or limited admission slash rescue type organizations, let me break it down for you. So, open admission shelters are organizations that are funded very limited funding from their city or county to take in animals, unwanted animals from the public, stray animals, and even victims of cruelty and neglect, and and they have no option to turn people away. They're not allowed to because of receiving. This funding, They're not allowed to say, sorry, we don't have any space today. We can't help you. They have to take the pets. Limited admissions is the exact opposite. So a rescue can sort of cherry pick or select pets that they feel very strongly fit their adoptability criteria and say, we can take this pet. We know we can find him or her home, but they're not in a position where they have to take the pet as, as opposed to the open admission shelters. And, and I think what your mentor was talking about is it is really obvious. Eye- Opening when you're in that environment, and we know there's a lot of judgment about this, right? A lot of people say, Oh, open admission shelters or high kill shelters are terrible, they euthanize pets because there's no space. But the reality is that when you are out of space and there are still pets coming through the door, there's not many other options unless you have people lining up to take them out the other door, <laughs> and that's not always the case because there's only so many adoptive homes. Um, and it's obviously why my work at getyourpet.com is so near and dear to me, it's keeping pets out of shelters. So, so I get what. your mentor was saying and and I can see for you how eye-opening this experience must have been coming from the environment you were in I mean just being honest there's so many parallels between living in prison for a human and living in a kennel for a dog would you
0: agree and the first time I interviewed at animal control and when I was taking the tour of the shelter you know, and Sue walked me into the receiving room, you know, they were in the process of checking the dog in. And I thought, I feel like I've been here before, but I po—I couldn't possibly have been there because the place was built and set up while I was incarcerated during the 12 years. So there was no way that I've ever been there. But, you know, as they were tagging the animals and doing the medical and and then rushing it off over to a section of the shelter, I thought, Wow, this seems so familiar to me. And it was the process that I went through when I was, you know, being transferred into uh, greaterford. went to the receiving room. I was given a number and went to medical, medically cleared. Then I was put in one part of the prison until I was evaluated and my level dropped. And then I went to another section. So the parallels are incredibly uh, similar. You know, but then you had those parallels of the experience between the animal and the person. Mm-hmm. And some of these dogs, they end up in the shelter because either they didn't have the training that they needed as puppies. And maybe they chewed things up in the house and, they, you know, did things because they didn't know any better. Right. Mm-hmm. And they ended up in shelters. And some of these people that we work with behind the walls, they lack the guidance because, Maybe their father wasn't home either because maybe he was in prison or maybe he's just not around, just an absent father. And who do these people turn to for guidance? Well, the streets and they make these poor choices and they end up before a judge with a prison sentence. But we don't believe that a prison sentence should be the end of someone's story. You know, that's a chapter in their life.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Rob. I mean, I'm sitting here nodding my head and hearing the just the passion in your voice and how sincere you are about this. But you are an expert in this field. I mean, there's nobody else that has lived it and breathed it and has a story like you. And and I'm so happy that New Leash on Life has you on their team. Let's shift gears a little and talk about what the process is for New Leash on Life. How does it work? How do the dogs get paired to the inmates? What type of dogs do you look for? Where do they come from? Tell us about the process
0: all right so once we have the participants assigned to the program we work with them the first week individual just just with them they're just learning the introduction to the program what to expect when they receive their dogs and then in that time frame our dog trainer and director of dog training and adoption tomorrow who is incredible and she's just like means everything to me because she took a lot off my plate, so that's a good thing, right? <laughs> um, so, she, based on what she's learning about the individuals, when she goes off to Act Philly to search for dogs with her team of volunteers, she's looking for a specific dogs that would match the personality of the person. And also, how best she feels this person will be able to handle high stress or low stress or energy. So, she's doing it that way.
1: What's the criteria for the dogs? I mean, do they obviously I heard you say she's she's looking for the the right dog for the right person, which makes perfect sense, but is there restrictions on size or breed or gender or anything for the dogs that are coming into the prison?
0: So it basically are Aubrey Rescue, Aubrey Rescue. We we will take whatever, you know, is most needed. But we target mostly the dogs that either were adopted and returned because of lack of training or nuisance behaviors, or we look at the dogs that came in from a owner surrender due to lack of training. We also look at some of those strays that just have been sitting for long term and are not showing really well in the kennel, kind of jumping up, you know, the mm-hmm. kennel stress. So we look at that obviously we cannot do the tougher more challenging situations like you know the dogs with the bite histories and stuff like that only because of the environment we're taking them in
1: so once the dogs arrive at the prison what happens next
0: so there's a whole lot of hugs a whole lot of kisses and you have a bunch of tough looking men on their knees reaching down deep into their soul for their girly voice uh, because they're excited to see the dogs but we get to work we start to do basic animal dog training using positive reinforcement training and that's twice a week for three hours a day they get basic animal care Once a week for three hours where they learn everything from bathing, brushing the dog's teeth, cutting the dog's nails, grooming. They also learn a little bit about shelter medicine and, you know, why it's important to take your dog to the vet. Some of the dogs will have some type of illness coming from the shelter. They learn through our volunteer vet, you know, what they have to do to care for this dog. In that basic animal care, we also incorporate the negative impact of animal cruelty, dog fighting, and how that correlates to some of the trauma that people experience in home violence. They also get two to three days out of the week, they get life skills classes, which covers decision making, anger management, managing your emotions. We do some restorative justice with that and victim awareness. And then they also get. Six hours a week, they get career readiness classes where they're learning everything from how to interview, how to dress for an interview, how to conduct yourself in the workplace, body language. We, we learn about EEOC laws and, you know, sexual harassment and what that looks like in the workplace. And it's incredible. Everyone gets mental health first aid training, Narcan training, and they're certified for uh, three years for mental health first aid.
1: And what prison are you working with currently, or are there multiple locations for the prisons that you're working with?
0: We are currently right now with the amazing Philadelphia Department of Prison. And I say amazing because this is a prison system that really supports reentry and second chances, not only for the humans, but, but also for the dogs. You know, they are very welcoming and they're supportive. They do everything that they can to help us get the things that we need to, so that we can provide some opportunity.
1: I think it's just so interesting. I mean, have you faced any challenges or opposition to this program? I mean, do, I obviously am 100% like convinced this is a game changer for not only the people who are in prison, but for these pets, the ones that are the most at risk. But do you have skeptics out there? Do they, And what do they say?
0: Well, first time I answered the one big challenge that we faced the first time. The one big challenge that we faced was when we took the dogs in right from the shelter, you know, when it was time to take a dog out for adoption, the dog didn't want to leave. Mm. And why would you want to leave? You have 70 to 80 people loving you all day, right? And you're coming from a, a cage in the shelter. So that was the one challenge that we faced within the prison wall.
1: It had to be somewhat unexpected too, you know, that you're thinking these dogs are coming out, but that this is probably the best life they've lived to date <laughs> is the time. Yeah. And is what is it? Is it 12 weeks? I think did
0: I hear you say that or
1: I read it somewhere It's a 12 week
0: program for these dogs. The program is 12 weeks for the people is 11 weeks for the oh, dog. 11. So we should get the dogs ready by the 11th week to pass the Canine Good Citizens Tax.
1: Okay. And so, all right, let's, you know, we're going to take a short break from, uh, hear a message from our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and talk about how you go about adopting a new leash on life dog. Why is it great to adopt a dog like this? And what dogs in our area are you looking to rehome? So hang tight and stay tuned. We'll be right back. Today's episode is sponsored by Hanover Square Press and the secret language of cats. How to understand your cat for a better, happier relationship by Suzanne Schatz. Have you ever wondered what your cat is saying? In The Secret Language of Cats, Schatz offers a crash course in cat phonics to help you crack the cat code. Perfect for the fans of the lion in the living room and the inner life of animals. The Secret Language of Cats by Suzanne Schatz is available for purchase today. liferadio.com Welcome back to Take Me Home on Pet Life Radio. We're continuing our conversation with Rob Rosa, Associate Vice President of Prison Programs for New Leash on Life USA. Rob, before the break, we were talking about the adoption piece of the process that that New Leash on Life offers. So the dogs go through this 11-week program. They live in the prison alongside the individual. They're getting this amazing care. The person's getting this amazing education. And the day comes when you have uh, a canine, I heard you say a canine good citizen test. Is that like their graduation day? How does that work?
0: So the canine good citizen test is a different entity, someone from the AKC comes in and tests the dog to see if the dog is behaved enough to be considered appropriate in the community, if that makes sense.
1: Yes, yes. Okay. And so they if they pass their test, then they and I assume everyone passed their test, or have you had anybody who hasn't passed?
0: We have had a hundred percent canine citizens pass rate
1: unbelievable. And that's because of the hard work of these people who are in prison working day in and day out and the hard work of you and your team, making sure that they have the resources to make these dogs successful. So they pass their canine good citizen test. They are graduating from the program and then uh, you got to find them home, right? How do you yeah. do that?
0: Well, yeah. So during the 11 week that the dogs are in their training, we're actually like trying to prepare them for the transition to a home. So they're getting crate trained, they're getting potty trained, everything. During that process, people will apply on our website to adopt one of these dogs. During the 11 week, our adoption staff, director of adoption or one of our volunteers, will take the dog out of prison and do occasional visits with the people, the potential adopters, just to see how that relationship and that bond works. We go to the house, we meet in neutral areas. And, you know, once the director of adoption or that adopter says, you know, I feel really great about this match, they approve the adoption. And at the graduation, when both the participants and the dogs are graduating, the adopters are there to to get the dogs. They get it directly from the trainer who work with them and get to learn a lot about what they learn in those 11 weeks about from that dog.
1: That's amazing. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the transparent, you know, person to person conversation, especially when we're assisting one of our canine companions from going from one environment to another. And I think something like this really aligns with the beliefs that I have about home to home pet adoption. You know, you're, the prison system is a, a home for these people and it's a home for these dogs. So for them to be able to interact directly with the person who's going to be caring for their, probably their best friend for the last 12 weeks or 11 weeks, you know, it helps them and it helps the people who are adopting because they get to learn everything about this dog from the person
0: who knows him or her best right absolutely it's a, a very joyful and emotional moment because you're right this was this person's companion for the last 11 weeks in a place where it's not normal to have emotions or joy this dog brought that so there's an incredible bond there and You know, because of that, before the graduation, we do have a grief counselor that comes in and does a workshop with all the participants to prepare them for graduation.
1: I know. I feel like my heart's breaking over this idea of spending very intensive 11 weeks. It's not just like, you know, you see the dog once a week. I mean, it's your your BFFs by your side for 11 weeks and then to have to say goodbye. I'm sure it's it's extremely bittersweet for these individuals.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, Michelle, our grief counselor does an amazing job to prepare them for that. One of the things that, you know, they would love to adopt the dogs, but one of the things that we talk about in basic animal care is, you know, the financial responsibility that comes with a dog. We wouldn't want an individual to come out and try to reintegrate back into the community and have another financial responsibility. To have to look after. But what we do is encourage them because now they have the skills to train a shelter dog is that once they're on their feet and they, you know, they're working and they're stable, go and rescue and save another life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a great message. And it's actually a great segue because one of the other questions I had for you is how do you think programs like New Leash on Lifes could really affect recidivism rates. What type of impact is this going to have in our community, but also as a country? I mean, by providing these programs, people are coming out of prison with a whole different set of skills that they never had before. What does this really mean in terms of an impact?
0: Well, animal-assisted therapy works in so many different ways. And in this case, it gets that person in touch with that compassion and that empathy and that, that lives within them. But it also teaches them, you know, what integrity is it all about? Because I'm not trying to stay in the prison 24 hours a day. I have to walk out that prison and leave that dog in this person's hand. And, you know, they have to do the right thing, even when nobody's watching. So, you know, it builds those things up and it prepares these people for society. My motto is that, you know, success is accomplished in the preparation phase, not the execution phase. So when you prepare these people and you give them opportunities, what New Leash on Life does, and we set up every individual that screens ready and appropriate with an internship. And we partner with local shelters and, you know, places that are not animal affiliated too to provide them a 60 day internship where they go to these places for 15 hours a week and they do whatever they need them to do at these work sites. New Leash on Life pays that stipend, twelve fifty an hour for 60 days plus we provide the transportation a lot of these internship has turned into full time employment but not just jobs careers you have people who started as kennel attendants and today they're animal control officers you know they're not looking back and thinking about going back to prison because they don't need to
1: Yeah, I mean, they're looking forward just like you did. I mean, you you really were a pioneer in the work that you've done. And I can only imagine that the people that you're working alongside today and the prisoners that you see on a daily basis are looking to you for guidance because you've really set the example, Rob. It's amazing. Let's talk about Donna. Okay, so Donna is a dog. She has gone through the New Leash on Life program. She's currently available for adoption through New Leash on Life, but also listed on GetYourPet.com. And certainly the links for both New Leash on Life's website and GetYourPet.com and Donna's profile in particular will be made available on this episode's page. But Rob, tell me about Donna and what type of home would be the ideal home for her?
0: Donna is a dog that we rescue from Philly. She had a pyometra surgery done, I believe, and she went into the program. She is an incredibly soft dog. If you're not like a very active person and just kind of like to, you know, just sit around, watch some TV, cuddle, then Donna's a dog for you, you know, very mild energy, but amazingly lovable and loves to cuddle.
1: I was looking at her picture. I mean, she looks like you. You know, you see some dogs, and you you want to touch them. Their their fur looks like it's gonna be like butter, and that's what I see when I look at Donna. She's this very light brown tan uh, with a beautiful white snout, silly pitbull type dog. She looks like she's just one of those dogs that wants to snuggle up on the couch with you and, and you know Netflix and chill. So if you're listening and you're interested in adopting probably the most well trained dog that you could ever get your hands on, it sounds like Donna would be a Perfect fit for your family, and according to her adoption profile, she's she's very affectionate. She loves to be with people. She loves to ride in the car. She loves to be petted. She's good with dogs, cats, children, men, women, everyone. So I really think that uh, hopefully someone out there is listening and wants to give Donna a permanent home. So I think that's about all the time we have for today. I want to thank you, Rob, for taking the time and speaking with us today. You know the work that you're doing with New Leash on Life is just incredible, and I want everyone listening to remember. Remember that I said in the beginning of this podcast that this organization is a non which means it survives on donations. They're providing life-changing second chances for humans and canines. So please visit their website. It's newleashonlife-usa.org. And if you can't adopt Donna, maybe you can make a small donation in honor of Donna. If you have any questions about our show or have a suggestion for a guest or topic, please please email me at Angela at PetLifeRadio.com. I also encourage you to subscribe to Take Me Home on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again to our guest, Rob Rosa, Associate Vice President of Prison Programs for New Leash on Life USA. Also, a big thanks to Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. This will be our last episode of 2018, and I look forward to sharing some exciting conversations in 2019. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand.